This is I'm being Frank, and with me is Jimmy over on the casting couch. We'll see if my butt makes that sticky sound when I get up that... (laughs) So we went and saw Jigsaw. We did. We're going to do a spoiler-free review, and then once it goes spoiler, I'll just put all that at the end so you can listen to the entire episode and then just stay tuned for a spoiler talk. And what was your... Going into the movie, where were your expectations set at? Uh, they weren't low. They weren't high. I just said they were on the fence. Uh, I wasn't expecting to be wowed because I was actually a little... I don't know if I want to say concerned, but I had my trepidations about it. Um, I wasn't going to think... Uh, I don't want to say I don't think it was... I didn't think it was going to suck. I think it was my head saying, like, I hope it doesn't suck. Um, in my head, it only had to be better than the lowest one in the series. The one that I think is like the not so greatest installment, which would, would have been, uh, in my opinion, the fifth one. And so, yeah, we'll do spoilers for the original seven. Now, what, what made five the low point for you in the series? I can't put a gun to my head. I can't think about, all right, what was the cover for that one? The cover? Yeah. Uh, talking about the DVD cover? D- yeah, DVD cover. Uh, or whatever poster uh, campaign they were doing. Well, maybe. the the poster was Strom in the uh, the water torture box. It was like all black. And okay, was like in the lower is left. that the one that ends where it turned out? If all five of them just would have worked together, uh, see, like, they oh, would have survived. Anything past three, really, the movie kind of just... Which blends is, together. This movie had me worried about that at first because I'm like, it it is a it's another group one. I was like, yeah, it's oh, another group one. And suck. Oh, we're not supposed to be spoiler. We're, well, to... we're not spoiling because you can tell from the trailer it felt a little bit kind of to me reminiscent of the second one, where <laughs> it's I'm, like a house that they're yeah, all in going from. I remember room. this when we saw the second one after seeing the first one. It didn't live up to the fir- uh, the first one. To me, nothing will ever live up to the first one because that one's just a, it's a classic to me. Mostly because it wasn't. I don't consider the first movie a horror movie at all. Mm. It's a police procedural. It just has a little bit of gore, but it doesn't show that much. I still I view it as a thriller more than exactly. Else. It wasn't until the second one that they just went full horror. I think or torture porn. As I hate that term so much. I I don't like it either, but as far as this one goes, I don't consider it to be torture porn. No, I don't. I don't consider gore as bad as the uh, the other movies. Although you believe this has the goriest moment of all of them. Now, don't get me not wrong. getting into yeah. specific on that, so don't worry about that. It's like I can understand it as a term only if you put if you're in. Put that label on something. Put it on the right movie. Hostile, yes, that is torture porn, and and it's infinite, whole entirety. Just pretty much anything that's just wall to wall gore. Yeah, and I mean this. I always had the saying like, if you're gonna do gore, as long as it made sense and it, 
you know, it had something to do with the story and there was a point to it. I'm okay with it, but if you just if you're just gonna do it for the excess of doing it, and there are a few Saw movies I feel were like excessive. Mm. Like uh, there was one, the one that to me always stands out as really excessive. I believe it was in the seventh one with uh, Chester oh, from Lincoln Park when he he was uh, he like glued. He's glued to the back. Seat. Yeah, that was pretty nasty. I will say, yeah, that. that to me that that's the moment that just always stands out as. I don't know the most. It kind of reminds me of like chicken, like when you when you're eating chicken and like the skin separates. Exactly. From the meat. God, you're gonna eat chicken again? I don't. I never like like unless it's crunchy. But like I hate the chicken where it's just the skin. It's like just oh. Anyway, unless I can put the chicken on my face like in Cable Guy. All right. Well, actually, no. I was gonna say the third one kind of pushed it, but it didn't do it in terms of talking about the. The, the surgery with the brain. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All right. Then you can actually kind of think about the fourth one. Then when they do the autopsy scene, but I give them credit there because, and so far they've held up to it. They're like, he's dead. Like, there's no way you're gonna be coming back from this. We are making him irrevocably deceased. And that's what drew me in for yeah that's... number eight was is the whole mystery surrounding which we're not gonna get into till well. Which after was, the review, yeah, it was the same with me. I was wondering how they were gonna handle it, and I was like, "All right, so this is gonna go one of two ways. This is there came up with this some kind of way that it but, the the uh, let, let's address that in the spoiler part because I have a lot to say about that. But to me, the movie, I went in with no expectations. And I mean, I wasn't expecting it to suck. I wasn't expecting it to be good. I went in knowing I'm going into number eight. The series, to me, has just kept dropping ever since after three. But really, after the first one, the entire series went... Two, it went down. Three, it went up a bit. And then from there, it just went all the way down. I will say, if you're a fan of the first one, you're... I I would say the new one, Jigsaw, would probably be my second favorite in... Uh, maybe not in the entire series, but... I'll put one, three, and now Jigsaw at the top. If you were to look at mine as a graph... So you have the first one at a high. Then the second one drops. Third one shoots back up. But not above the first one. No, because, I mean, it sets the precedence. Four, ironically, I would just say... Cla- yes, yeah, it plateaus a little bit because it's literally more the same in the third one because it's yeah the timeline is all fucked up. Fifth one it drops below two, six it comes way back up. But does it go higher than anything before it? Uh, I would say about even to the higher marks, but not above it. But I would say, uh, and then the seven I wasn't seven was just okay. It didn't. And that was one of the things. I about, think seven was okay because it had the payoff that everyone had been wanting. But they didn't do it the right way. Yeah, because ever since the ending of the first one and all the sequels, every time we were going in, we kept going. We hope uh, Carrie Els. How do you say his name? Is it Els? Elways? I've heard Els or Elways. Okay. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. We were wanting him to come back at every movie and. He never popped back in until the end of seven. You do realize, like, I don't know if you, how well you remember something. Do you know they could have 
it could have been an easy editing fix, and that would have you would have blew the people's minds away. With talking me. about seven, yeah, I like I remember like I have not rewatched them recently. Maybe I should. They started off with revealing he was still alive. Oh yeah, that's where they fucked up. And all they had to do was wait to the end of the movie where he takes the pig mask off. It would have been this ultimate reveal, and then they could have gone back and showed how why he's still alive. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I remember that's why I was disappointed. Because, yeah. but to me, I think I say that a lot. I say "but" to me a lot. I wonder if anyone's going to take these and do a super edit every time I say "but" to me. Anyway, I'm trying really hard not to say it, and I know this is going to be in because I've been doing a lot less editing to these. If you're a fan of the first one, you're going to be a fan of the new one. I think. I think you'll like it. I do. I'm, I'll buy it. I, yeah, what I found great about it was it was really self-contained to where you literally do not have to see anything that came before it, except for maybe the first one. But again, you don't have to. They do yeah. a well enough job at giving you information, which is why I think they called it Jigsaw instead of Saw 8. That way they can get new people to come in. and. Yeah, But I like the original the title on it, too. What was the original title? Saw Legacy. I I forgot about that. But I guess it doesn't really... Well, I mean, it, c- it could still fit. It The title could fit, but Jigsaw just... I think that's a new way for him to... Like I said earlier, that... Jigsaw, Saw story. <laughs> to me, this was a, a soft reboot. Because that's something I've I haven't heard anyone else say before. Maybe they have. I think I've heard it. I believe this follows under the umbrella of a soft reboot. I mean, at least it's not a complete, oh, let's redo everything. And I think that's where the sequels were really fucking up and dropping the ball was of how important it was for you to know everything that came before it. They also made it in a time where these were coming out every year, like clockwork. So, too, all the writers and the crew, everything was always fresh in their mind. This one, I think they went, no one's going to remember 90% of what we did. Well, there was, like, when 7 came out, there was a little bit of uh, drama behind getting the uh, the director for that one. Because something about, he was set to direct another movie for Lionsgate, and then they contractually took him off to bring him in and I don't think he was really happy. So I don't think he actually put his all into the movie either. But then again, they also mashed together two scripts. Three. Because Seven was supposed to kickstart a new trilogy for him. Seven, Eight, and Nine. But then when Six came out, I believe the box office wasn't too happy. Everyone was getting into all these different other ones. So they felt the series was going to start bombing so then which surprisingly it was one of the better ones yeah like i haven't watched any like i've caught bits and pieces of paranormal activity which that's also a lionsgate movie isn't it i think so no i no, they might have been competing but since then like we've had the purge yeah, I think paranormal were, activity i feel like it was time for saul to make a comeback but they needed a new way now i hope they don't announce jigsaw 2 next year yeah I mean, it's not the timing, but I wish they, I hope they do something a little different with uh, the title. Now, I, I will say, I believe Jigsaw, the way they did their soft reboot, they did a lot better than 
how Jurassic World was a soft reboot to that franchise. So far, any of these things that you're considering a soft reboot, either Jurassic Park, uh, this one, uh, Jigsaw, they're all, like, I'm all about trying... They exist in a world where the other movies still happen. Yeah. But they still found a way to stand on their own and become their own series. And it's kind of still moving it forward and it's making it fresh and new for newer audience without just saying, Oh, Hey, there was this movie way back when let's do everything over. Like we'll, we'll rehire cast. We'll, we'll do a new story, but we're going to call it the same thing and hope that well, I, the more I watch Jurassic world, the less I like it because I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the same reason why I'm not a big fan of Force Awakens. Was there just a lot of copying and pasting going Force on? Force Awakens, I can see. Jurassic World, I can at least give them the credit that we got to see something that was... If this park were to have gone off without a hitch, we get to see that in this one. I did like that part about it. And you know, there were new things done with it, like the hybrid stuff, which was... Uh, long time coming like it should have probably been the third movie but i think a lot of people were expecting that kind of thing i had you a saw weird... it in the toys yeah that was, that was always weird like when jurassic park came out they had toys for dinosaurs that weren't in the movie like they had pterodactyl toys there was none in there and then when jurassic when lost world jurassic park came out they had they had hybrid toys or hybrid dinosaurs but then when Sir came out, they didn't have it, and I was disappointed. Because I was thinking, oh, this is going to be, like, when the Jurassic World, or not Jurassic World, Lost World toys are out, I was excited because I thought, oh, they're going to have weird dinosaurs in, and, and it didn't. What about those uh, half-human, half-dinosaur things? What? Yeah, you knew that was, was going to be a legitimate storyline at some point. They had concept art ready for this. Well, there was also concept art, which I... I have my own theory for the next Jurassic World. Weaponized dinosaurs. Yep. That's where it's going, and I'm not liking it. Uh, I'm still... Give me a trailer. Even if it's a teaser trailer, that's where I'm going to be at with that. Yeah. Wow, we're supposed to be talking about Jigsaw, huh? Mm-hmm. So, I enjoyed the movie. I think a lot of people... that if I, I don't think it's going to draw in too many new people to the franchise... It's definitely a worthy sequel. It's worth seeing, I believe. I'm going to be totally honest here. Uh, as much as I love the Saw series, I really don't think it's going to get the numbers that they were expecting. They're only expecting it to draw in $20 million over the weekend. I don't know. I will that's say... disappointing, but I mean, I, I think that's the realistic... In a way, this kind of feels like what a Saw... Jigsaw feels like what a Saw 2 should have been. Visually, this one felt like a real movie with a good product. Like, the way it was shot, it wasn't like how the old ones was, like, tinted completely blue for no reason. I think each one had a different like, color palette. Yeah, they had, like... Like, some blue were and even green. green. Yeah, yellow. This one, everything was shot... Just normal. Normal, and it felt finer. They did a different aspect ratio. I never really paid too much to that. See, that's one thing I always pay attention to, and normally it bugs me, but this, it felt it felt right. They used the right ratio for it, and I left happy. 
I left pretty good too. Like, um, I mean, I still got some questions about it, uh, like stuff I'm not entirely sure about, but I'm sure we're gonna get into that yep. soon. Um, but it was it was pretty good. Like, I'll definitely buy it. I mean, obviously, I've got the whole series, and there's other ones that I think rank lower on the list than this movie. But I, See, I the other might, ones, I think you, you might need to buy the Blu-ray box set now. But you needed those movies too because. Everything kind of. I don't think you needed parts four through seven. I, I honestly think ignoring four, five, six, and seven makes Jigsaw better. I don't know. I really like six though. Like five, I can understand, and I would even give you seven, but I really like six. Seven, I feel you really have to ignore. Seven. Yeah, seven. You really have to ignore. It could have been so much better, though. It really could have. I feel like this movie did ignore Seven. But we're about to get back into that. So for the people that don't want to be spoiled, we're just going to rudely cut into the next segment. But for everyone else, just stay after the episode ends and hear our spoiler talk. Yeah, because now I got a bitch about something. Yeah. All right. So you saw War for the Planet of the Apes. Yep. I saw it. I love the movie. Mm-hmm. I love that entire trilogy. To me, it is a perfect trilogy. Mm-hmm. But yet, I don't want to say that it goes up in quality or down in quality. Each movie in that stands out on its own. Almost Each one almost feels like a different genre. Mm-hmm. So they're all equally good in my book. Would you agree? I would agree. Alright. How would you? How do you feel about Andy Serkis' performance in... War for the Planet of the Apes. It was very good. Make sure you talk up a little. It was very good. It was good. It was great. Is it Oscar worthy? Like, a lot of people want him to win that Oscar. I could see it. Uh, I could see it. I wouldn't be surprised if he was not a contender, but at the same time, I'm, I never said, oh, I didn't leave the theater going, like, he should win an Oscar for that. I'm going to stand on my soapbox and say with 100% confidence he should not win an Oscar for it. And why is that? Yes, he did the motion capture. Yes, he did the acting. Yes, he did the performance. And the voice. And the voice. But there is still an entire team of people doing all the animation, doing even like individual hairs, the freckles on them, well That's beyond true. makeup. Like if an actress wins an Oscar, and there's a lot of heavy makeup, usually the makeup departments, they have a department, or they have their own Oscar that they can win. There is no Oscar for motion capture. And I don't think there should be either. See, this is where my soapbox is, you're giving me an evil eye. Uh, No, I'm just trying to see, like, why don't you think there should be? Alright, here is the thing. Like I said, there's an entire team of people to bring that character out. Mm-hmm. And it's all of those people that work together that made that possible. I will say there are visual effects Oscars. I do believe that is where he should be. He should belong with that team of visual effects artists and be a part of that Oscar. I would have to disagree on that one. And yeah, would it be great if there was a category for an Oscar for motion capture? for motion capture actors to go into. That would be great. But honestly, look at all the movies that come out in a year 
would there even be four possible contenders for that? Probably not. And that is why I don't think that is an Oscar category because there would just be some years where someone will win it because there's no other performance to compete with. Because, like, yeah, there's motion capture in a lot of movies, but how many of them would you say is Oscar-worthy? Well, I would dis- the only thing I'm disagreeing with is the fact that you you want to group him in with the whole thing of with this team, but if you know, I don't think you really can because he he does he probably doesn't know anything about. But he's still a part of that team. He is wearing the motion capture suit. He's being videoed from like every possible angle on his face. He is very heavily involved in that. And as Caesar, he is fantastic. But any other movie he's in where he's a human, he normally is mediocre at best. Like, the human that he played in King Kong, was he really stand out? Played a human in King Kong? Here we go. The guy with the mustache and always had a cigar. See? Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen I think that's my issue right now. Okay. I just can't. Uh, his performance in, what was it, Civil War? It was small. Yeah, and the trailer for Black Panther, we see him in. He's not, like, I believe his best work is in motion capture, and a lot of it has to do with the team that's behind it. Did he not get anything for Gollum in Lord of the Rings? Acting? Anything? No. That? No? That's surprising. Mm-mm. I would have thought it's taken him now to get something. I would have should have got something for for Gollum. Like would I would I say all right, Caesar deserves the Oscar because it's not one person giving a performance. It's all the animators, all the technology involved in doing it. To me that's why he is a part of the visual effects team. Cuz the visual effects team, they'll be live on location setting computers up, getting everything photo motion captured to work. To me, that is the team he is largely a part of. He is doing the performance, but it's that entire team that made that character. And that's why I don't think... Until we we are making movies where there's like 20 motion capture... Or 20 big performances for motion capture actors for there to be a need for a category and I don't think we're there yet. I mean I can understand in the sense like if you took Rogue One who whose performance does that go to? That was Carrie Fisher's role originally, but someone else did the motion See, that, capture. But that it. wasn't an Oscar worthy role. Well I'm now just let, saying. now if we're talking about K two SO like Rogue One did come out this year, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, Alan Tude, pretty much if there was a motion captures a motion capture category at the Oscars, only two people would be in the running this year, and that would be Alan Tudyk and Andy Circus. Andy Circus, there we go. <laughs> Those would be the only two in the category. And it takes a lot for that kind of role to stand out, I believe. Well, I was just thinking in terms like even though it wasn't she was only in it for like X amount of seconds, but I was just like, it kind of makes you think, all right, well, if they did have a motion capture thing, I mean, who would that have gone to? That was Carrie Fisher's role originally, but somebody else is doing the motion capture for like, 
I think that's not right for it to really okay, go. Okay, well, let's say for some reason Vader gave the best speech ever. Who would get the Oscar for Vader in any of the Star Wars movies that he was in? James the guy Earl in the Jones. suit or James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones. But was he nominated? No. In fact, David Prowse, the guy who is the guy in the suit, or what the one in the originals, he doesn't get hardly any. any. I mean, he shows up to conventions, but, I mean, everyone is synonymous with James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. And see, that's and why... no one even associates Hayden Christensen, period. <laughs> yeah, we all forget about him. Yeah, he was some guy. No! That was Oscar-worthy right there. He and again, that's James Earl Jones. I was about to say, he didn't do that. <laughs> and that was like all CGI Vader. So that, that's why I believe Andy Serkis isn't qualified for an Oscar. Because it's not just his work that's on screen in there. And that's where I believe he he falls into the visual effects category. And he should... For one, that movie by far should win the Oscar for visual effects for the year. And Star Wars isn't even out. I would definitely, for only the reason that I could not... There were times... A lot of times that I can't distinguish if they used real, like, animatronic stuff versus all digital. Like, I couldn't tell a difference. Like, like that that movie, it's it will win Oscars, and I know visual effects will win, and Andy Serkis needs to be on that stage with that team. So, yeah, that's that's what this soapbox this week is about. I'm sorry to everyone that is listening, that I know is probably listening, because I've probably seen you tweet this week about how much he needs to win an Oscar. And I've seen from way too many people where I go, there's no category for him to win it in, except for visual effects. We can't make a new category for motion capture, because there are also a lot of, like, movies, there are a lot of people where... They're just doing the voice and maybe the facial, but there's a a different body person doing the performance for motion capture. And until we're making, and I, I hope we don't even get to the point where we're making that many movies a year that requires motion capture for it to get its own category, motion capture needs to go in with visual effects because that's what motion capture is. It's a visual effect. I mean, I'm not gunning for him to win anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. And I will also say, like, out of all the movies this year, his performance is the best one out of everybody. But he also had a team of people behind him to get him to that point. And I think if he won an Oscar and the visual effects team... Because if you read the credits of movies, there are people where their only job is dealing with one character, like one character animation. And the animator gets its data on how to move that character from the motion capture. You can't have one without the other, and that's why, to me, it is a team effort that really sold War for Planet of the Apes and Caesar. So have I swayed you a little bit? Uh, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from, but, I mean, I wouldn't be, I would not throw, I wouldn't be up in an uproar if he won for said category. Um, I'm not going to lie either. I believe his, the whole thing is Oscar worthy, but we need to find the right Oscar to give him. He deserves one full heartedly. 
Give him a stick figure Oscar. It's the motion capture of the Oscar. Like, to me, here's what I think the Oscars could do. It's going to sound shitty, especially if you try to use this as a way to pick up women in a bar. But have a miscellaneous category for them to just have whoever nominated that doesn't fall in a category. Imagine being Andy Serkis being, hey ladies, I want an Oscar for best miscellaneous, if you know what I mean. Shit, maybe that would work. Like, just have a category of people that, like all the Academy Awards voters, except for Harvey Weinstein now, just have a little write-in section of miscellaneous Oscar. Sure, most of the people voting are just going to vote for themselves. Yeah. So, fuck it. Let Andy Serkis uh, kiss some ass and win that miscellaneous Oscar, if not for visual effect. Oh, I remember another thing I wanted to bitch about real quick. Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, I forgot to remind you on that one. Season 2 comes out in a few hours. And Netflix announced that they are also doing a... Um, I can't remember the name of it, but they're also doing a... Talking Dead type show for Stranger oh, Things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, what was that? Yeah, the new season's only seven episodes. Beyond Strange. Yeah, Things. Beyond Strange, right? Yeah. Which, I feel AMC like really milks Walking Dead, and all Talking Dead is just another way to milk it to get viewers so they can just sell more commercials. Is there a talk show after Fear of the Walking Dead? Yeah, um... Yeah, Chris Hardwick has a year-round show now just called Talking. Some I don't know. I don't watch it, but yeah, he does it for... It's just another way for them to milk extra ad re- ad revenue. So I don't even know why Netflix is doing it. I can understand them doing is- one episode for after the end of the season, but they're doing seven episodes. But they're saying you shouldn't watch them until after you watch the entire season two. To me, I feel like this Beyond Strange or whatever, that should be something they should release six months from now to help people like bridge the gap in between. They should I should have had it between the two, I I think. Yeah, like I don't know why they're releasing it the same day as the show comes out, and they're also telling everyone to not watch it after they watch these episodes. I feel like maybe they should have just done one episode. They're telling you not to watch it until you watch. They want you to watch all of season two before you watch. The talk show. That makes no lick sense. Yeah, like, I thought it would be, so they want people to watch an episode of the show. But it's then, airing the same time. Well, it's not airing. It's Netflix. It's well, just available. Oh. Uh, but it's just available at the same time. Yeah. As, yeah. I, I really think they should have waited. I don't know why they're doing seven episodes. I can understand them. How many episodes are in the season? Seven. Is it? Is it one more? Did we get an extra one this year? I don't know. Or I they shave us uh, an episode because wasn't there eight in the first I one? There was eight or nine. Uh, I'll be honest. I've only seen the very first episode. It didn't suck me in. Like I watched the first episode the day it came out, and then it didn't draw me in. Then I find out like a week or two later, it's a big hit. Everyone loves it, and I like haven't gone back. We were late and wrong in the game. We didn't watch the whole season till either this month or last month. Like I hate Netflix at times for having too much new content. Like I loved House of Cards. Like every time it came out, I watched the season. But now I'm working a lot, so now things get kind of just added to the queue, and I just they keep adding more and more shit, and I just don't have the time. 
So pretty much unless I'm off on a Friday when shit drops, I probably won't watch it. We heard a lot of good stuff about it, so we're like, yeah, we'll give it a shot. Take a look at it. The weird thing is, I kind of want to buy the Blu-ray from Target. Have you seen it? I'm... See, here's my thing with... I'm not fan level yet. I liked it, but I think maybe I will get fan level around this sometime this season. And then that's maybe when I'll start buying the figures and then maybe wanting the DVDs. Speaking of which, you know what I want to stop buying? Funko Pops. I hate myself every time I buy one, but when I'm in the store, it's... I think I'm actually wanting to get into it more. I don't want to. They're the they're the current Beanie Babies, but I can see them lasting a lot longer. There's a lot of them that are worth a lot of money. But at the same time, they're only worth a lot of money right when they come out and they're hot. It's a lot like... It's like the stock market. Not necessarily. There's one figure I would I still want to get, and this is why I want to stop getting them. Because every convention I've gone to, I've almost dropped $200 on one pop figure. I won't drop them. Unless it's like a real special gift for somebody or something. Like it's, the, uh, it's for the Flash TV show. It's a Funko Pop of the Flash, but it's with his cow down. <clears throat> yeah. We were actually looking up uh, value prices of Pops today before I left work. Uh, because there's a guy I work with who's got a whole shit ton of them. Um Apparently, some of like the original Ghostbuster packs, like the San Diego Comic Con exclusives that are like the four packs, about two or between one two hundred dollars. Yeah, like the the Flash Cow Down one, I believe, was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive, and there's a headless Herschel one going for about one hundred eighty nine. Just take the Herschel you have and cut the head off. Yeah, they made him like, I guess it's a magnet that attaches. Ah, uh, that's cool. Um. And what sucks is I had all the Funko Pops there, but the cat keeps knocking them down, so now they're kind of, like, in the corner on the shelf. Now, I will say I understand where, like, depending on what's hot at the time, because, like, right now, like, Outlander's a really big thing. What? But it's a show called Outlander on Stars. Oh, uh, never heard of it. But the thing was is that they're like, oh, it's a great show. So they made the line, I guess, either the first season or second season, and they retired it since... Now the main character's Funko Pop is going for about two or three hundred dollars. Damn. Yeah, and upwards. They're they're the they're this generation's Beanie Babies. I mean, eventually our market market is going to bottom out. That's the only thing I'm worried. Like, you know, when are people are tired of buying Funko? Like, then what happens? Well, the thing but, is, I mean, the you... problem, the fault will lie on our kids. But even because if you think about it, throughout history, we go through waves because kids don't want to be like their parents. So they eventually, there's going to be a generation of kids that they're not into all the nerdy shit that is main today. Eventually, it's going to bottom out. Eventually, within ten to twenty years. But you're comparing it to like Beanie Babies. But even though the people who collected all those Beanie Babies aren't the ones that that were really worth something, aren't they still worth? I would be surprised if a beanie baby worth more than a hundred dollars today. Uh, and I know someone will be like, "Yeah, I think they're." Would I don't be. know. I haven't checked out beanie prices on eBay. I mean, they still make beanie babies. You sell them at your store. Yeah, they're all. They're none of them are worth anything, so don't go. Yeah, I I know that. 
that's the kind of level they're at now. I'm surprised they're even still a thing, really. Kids like them. Like, the Funko Pops, like, the only time they really go up in value is when it's, like, the limited run or certain exclusives. I used to be able to say that I never went out and bought a single Funko Pop with my own money. And I guess, technically, I still haven't. Because the the latest one I got was the Blade Runner Sapper one, which is actually... The rarest one of that series. It's the heart. Uh, it's the chase figure. I got it from you know doing the whole thing through Fandango to see uh, Blade Runner. It's about going about thirty bucks right now for that one. But I only had to pay the shipping and handling, which was less. Which is what it would be less. It would be less than that was less than what you would probably be paying for it if you bought it store by only a few dollars. You know what sucks for me. When I got my Star Wars tickets on Fandango, they had a free poster. So I went, all right, cool. Just pay for shipping and handling. I went, all right, cool. I'll pay six bucks for, like, the you know, maybe the movie's really good. And then when you get it framed, have a nice little theatrical. You'll pay six ninety nine for a poster. Huh? You'll pay about six ninety nine for a poster. Yeah, well, fuck it. I'll do it. Well, I wasn't paying attention. And the account I used for Fandango... I I have a separate account for what I call, you know, my splurge fund. I don't keep too much in it because I don't want to splurge a lot. I didn't realize that buying this would put that account in the... Negative. Really, yeah. So, I just paid shipping and handling plus a uh, $30 overage fee for this fucking poster. Uh, how much is... You're talking At, about The Last Jedi, right? Yeah. How much is the shipping and handling for the poster? Because I was going to do that. I think it was like five, six bucks maybe. Here's the thing. The thing that really pissed me off. After all this was said and done. I haven't gotten the poster yet, but I didn't pay attention. It's not a poster. It's a mini poster. 11 by 13. Oh, that's dumb. Thank I you. Was, I was thinking it was going to be a theatrical print. And that, Thank you for telling me that. Now I'm not going to That pissed me that. off. And watch, watch. I guarantee you it's going to be the same fucking poster they give out at the IMAX premiere. No, it's different. That one is different. Oh, it is different? Yeah. All right, so I think we ranted enough. Now, by all means, IMAX posters, I don't care. Like, yeah. I'll I'll get those at that size. But yeah, if I'm going right. to, like, I was, like you said, I was hoping it was going to be at least 24 by 36 or something like, like that. Like the full size. That's what I was expecting. But had I known it was just the like 11 by 10 or whatever that dimension is. And how did you find it. that out? Does it say it on there or? It wasn't until I looked up the, uh, the thank you for ordering. And then oh, and that's when it stood the, out. Like a description. Yeah. Like I didn't fully read it before buying. I just thought poster, but yeah. Yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Thank you, Jim, for doing this. No problem. Hmm. All right. Next week, I'll be doing a Thor 2 review. Whether you're on or not remains to be seen. I could possibly, depending if we go out afterwards. Yeah, well, I'm doing it no matter what because Jesse's going with me. We got sitters, so could always use turn it into a threesome. Crickets possibly well until next week go out put your hammer down see if anyone can pick it up now we're gonna bitch about the movie maybe
Or just ruin shit if you don't feel like I'm seeing it. I'm not gonna it. bitch. I just unless we can answer. Yeah, we're, yeah. This is gonna be a little bit of a therap- movie therapy for us. Talk things out we may not fully understand. Maybe come to some new things. But the twist of the movie, there, there, they do a few twists. Yeah, for sure. The one just like. If I could have been knocked out of my chair, I probably would have. We're watching the movie, and they're doing... Of course, they're investigating on whether or not Jigsaw is actually dead or not. And everyone knows he's clearly dead. We saw all the... uh, Like, I'm watching the movie, I'm going, no matter what they do, he is dead. I'm not going to lie, I kept an an open mind to him, like, give me something good. And you got a lot riding on this, so... And, like, early on in the movie, I had a thought on maybe where they're going with the story. I kind of wanted to lean into you and tell you just what I was thinking, but I didn't do that. And then watching the movie, and then Pigmas comes off, and we see John Kramer there. And it's John Kramer, there's no denying. He is alive and well. Yeah. And you lean in... And you just go, am I tripping balls right now? (laughs) So finally I go, this is kind of a big spoiler, but you're listening, so anyway. I just go, the house, or what did I say, the house, or the victims takes place before everything, and the crime investigation is current. I thought you said something along the lines like, this and this and this didn't happen, and I was like, what? No, I, I was trying to tell you that all this, because they cannot bring him back from the dead. That's the only way they could have him in it and make sense. Like, even through the trailers, I was thinking someone's just taking the audio and editing it. They can't bring him back. I was like, I wonder what kind of a ela- If they did, I was going to be like, what kind of elaborate scheme are they going to try to do, like... Oh, well, he's pretty good with prosthetics and... Uh, no, there, there's no going back. Like, and that's what I loved about the third one was they have this big franchise and they kill him. And then, like, I really liked in 4, they went, they did the autopsy. It's like, he is dead. They're not doing anything. And then just after that, it really started trailing for me. So, yeah, they do again like they did in parts, what? In all of them, like... That, wow, I'm I'm really talking through the movie like this is therapy. Because that's the exact same thing they did in the second one, too. The whole traps and everything was pre-taped. They were watching tapes. Oh, yeah. Not a live feed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of... Okay, they are retreading a little, so now my opinion is going slightly down. Because that was one reason why I was thinking it was... Alright, they're getting forensic evidence back. That shit takes days to come back, but we're seeing the game being played in like a matter of hours. So I thought, alright, clearly this isn't the same time. And then I thought, oh, this isn't the same time. Who's to say that all this isn't a prequel before all the movies? That was really starting to trip me up, was like, how are they getting the bodies after the trap has already been done and whoever didn't survive, didn't survive. And then the bodies are appearing somewhere else, but that much, that that instantaneous. Yeah, and like I was thinking, 
okay, someone just preserved the bodies, but then there's no way they can preserve it that long. And then the end, yeah, f- I'm not going to ruin the final twist of the movie. I'm going to let people watch it. Even though I think, the even though it's not really like, I think the bigger reveal was what we already talked about, in my opinion. Really? That was the big reveal? I mean, because it seemed like he was alive, and I was just like, what the fuck? I get it. I know what's going to happen. In the next Jigsaw movie, we're going to see a guy come out, and I got a letter for you. Makes him read it. I don't even know who he'll have reading it. I'm just trying to tie in back to the future. Dear viewers, I'm alive and well in the year 19... Jigsaw's alive. That should be the he, title. He's of the in next... the '90s, but he's alive. That's the title of the next one. <laughs> oh. But yeah, the movie does get a little confusing because yeah, the new bodies were showing up because they were just new people were playing the game, but we don't see the like the bodies that do show up. We're not watching them play the game. So the all right. So I just want to make sure we're on the same. Page. Yeah. It, so when we were watching it, we were watching the first game being. Played. I believe we were watching the. We didn't see the new one because the by the time the new ones were being played, those were the victims that we saw. Yeah, the, the victims we saw, we never saw them play the game. Yeah. We were watching the original game. Okay. That. And that does make sense because he did. He said something like only because there's a whole thing with him counting down. Of there being five players, then four, then three. But apparently in the original game, there were only three people, and they all died. I think there's going to be a lot of people going into this movie. And, I mean, I'm hoping this will help them make some sense out of it. But if, like, I think a lot of people are going to be confused. Like, what what happened? I'm not sure what we just watched. Like, this, this one is taking, a, like, all the Saw movies after our first one. There's always a little bit of... It's making you think. Yeah, because they, f- they like to fuck with you on when the timeline is going on. But it was pretty... It wasn't that hard to follow, though. Yeah, it's just that ending, just piecing it right together. It's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. And then there is one thing that I really, really hated about the movie. Like I said, someone... I don't want to... Fuck it, I'm going to just ruin the whole movie, kind of. Well, I've got two gripes, but I'll hear yours. Like, the audio of him talking, he's dead, but he had to edit all these clips together. But there are so many things that happened in the movie that could have only happened to one person by one character for it to work. Like, I forget the guy's name, the one that ends up, his uh, leg gets stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That trap was specifically for him... But let's say one of the other two people decided to try and go out a door that says no exit, and they got trapped, it would have said someone else's name. I thought about that myself, but then I forgot they were on camera, so I must... But but it's still a tape player. Yeah. It's not like an MP3 player, and it was clearly like on a weighted thing. But of course, their, their way around that is what was... I can't remember which movie referenced it. Might have been the fifth one. That's like, if you're good at anticipating the human mind, you leave nothing to chance. So I, he was. But that's banking. not true because at the very end, it was completely left up to chance. 
I don't think so. Well, I guess it could have ended either way. Because if they played the game correctly, all it would take was... He pitted the two surviving people against each other. But the only way any of them could get out was if they both made the right choice. Or one of them made the right choice for the both of them. No, because honestly, whoever got to this... The gun the first. I was going to say the implement. Yeah, the implement. It, it's a gun. Whoever got to it first would have just fucked it up for everybody. So, uh, it goes a little bit against his creed, I think. It felt like it a little bit. But who knows? This is kind of like, like how in Man of Steel, Superman fucks up a lot. You know, destroys half the city. Oh, okay. It was his first go-around. So, in a way, this was the first go-around, too. I mean, and he didn't really... Well, and the traps are... I was going to say somewhat rudimentary, but they're not really. There's a couple, like, intricate ones. There's a lot of... (laughs) But, uh... I mean, but I could easily see that being, like, the most basic one you start off with. Which one? At the end? The last one. The very, very last one. It wouldn't be... I wouldn't... If it were me, I wouldn't start off with that one, but I, I could see, like, you know, it's an interesting predicament. But my biggest issue, I have a couple. I have, Unless you can help me out here. Stay near the mic. Well, I had to adjust my seat here. Um, so the big issue is, okay, so they're wondering if he's really alive or dead. So they dig up his coffin, and while oh, the God, other yeah. players are in, uh, are in the coffin... So, what well, no, he wasn't a player in the game. Well, he was like the first domino of the game. Yeah. Anyway, a, a, someone was put in the coffin that's not John Kramer. Yeah. So the remains are gone. We don't know where the remains are. That's the second part of my issue. We have no idea how the guy got in there. And if you're going to dig up a grave, you would have seen broken ground. They would have saw someone was just here and dug up the grave. Now, I thought they could have had a really cool way around it, but they didn't do it the way I thought they were going to do it, where they were like, uh, well, we found blood underneath uh, the dude's fingernails, and I was like, oh, I bet you they got this guy to dig up his grave, took his body out, and that's how they got the DNA underneath the fingers. That would have been a great way to do it, but they did it another way. So it still leaves it open as to, okay... So where's his body? So I guess if they want to take that into the second one, I guess. And like I want to know where where the remains are, because apparently there's this community out there that's all about worshiping him. And that's yeah, gonna pop up on eBay. I could see that as a pretty good option for a sequel, like a cult that follows him. Well, that's that's kind of how the seventh one ended, with uh, Carrie always coming back. Yeah, and it was so like it's kind of like they start they start it there. That's a, kind of a good idea. Which to me, that's why how this one feels like it's ignoring seven. But did you notice that's how they advertised in a lot of the posters and and even the website, the viral marketing is they made it seem like it was like a cult following, and it was a obviously they wanted to throw and it is a copycat. I mean, there's no other way around it. No, it's not a copycat, but it's another movie where it's a a protege. Yeah, but. I mean, they may. I think they tried to throw you off, which I'm not saying is a bad thing either. But I mean, I just don't want. It's not false advertising. It's just it's their way of trying to throw you off the uh, 
the trail a bit. There is one thing I completely hated because of kind of a horror movie trope that they do. Every movie you watch where there's, it's about a group of people and there's a killer among them. Throughout the entire movie, that character acts a certain way. But the moment it's revealed that they are it, their demeanor always just changes into that, like that monotone, oh, that yeah. really like, yeah. like I'm the Punisher sort of like tone in yeah. a way. And yeah, when the reveal happened in this movie, he just went into that completely psycho kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Even though we saw for 99% of the other rest of the movie, they can act completely normal. However, I can understand like the last guy he had in the in the last trap that he set up. I can easily see that as him. Like he, the reason why we see him like that, he's genuinely pissed at this guy too. I mean, I can let that. Yeah, no, unless they. It, it kind of sucks that the very ending of it, it turns into kind of a revenge story, and in the middle of it, they cut to a flashback at Jigsaw telling him, "It can never be about revenge." Thank you for teaching me that. Even though you're gonna fuck me on that, you just, yeah, it's really all about revenge for you. This entire ten year journey is gonna be nothing but elaborate revenge for him. So, yeah, that that. And again, I may be bitching about the movie, but I still enjoyed it. But whenever there's any movie where they wanted to a few twists at the end, it gets a little messy in like on how it doesn't make sense. Um, So if you're listening to this, I hope you saw it and agreed. Uh, Let us know your thoughts on the movie. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on... I actually have a question for you. What's that? Shoot. What did you think about the creativity of the traps as compared to the other ones? Do you think did you like the way the ones that we were given this time around? I liked the creativity of it. I liked how there were some characters that were really clued in. This is where the whole time difference doesn't make sense. Like people are thinking like like they know about jigsaw in a way to where they can think about, hey, we need to take this shit literally. Because in all the other ones, no one's ever thinking, literally. They're all thinking, what the fuck do I need to do to get yeah. out? Here, they're really thinking about it. But then when we find out that this is before everything. Yeah. Logically, the traps don't make sense. Because if you go back and watch the first one, I there's, the most elaborate trap in the first movie was the reverse bear trap. The most elaborate? In the first movie, the one that Amanda has where it's literally just a reverse bear trap. Instead of closing, it just opens to rip open the skull. The other ones were, they were chained in a bathroom and a guy had what? Oil on his... Flammable substance. Yeah, flammable substance with glass everywhere and a guy surrounded by barbed wire. I could do that except for the bear trap. Yeah. And then this one, they got a fucking, a tornado of, I don't even know what. I think it's a blade. Like, it's just a sharp, almost like a vegetable peeler. Yeah, he's going into a giant juicer or whatever that's powered by a motorcycle. A motorcycle that was hit by a garbage truck and killed someone looked in pretty good condition for that to happen, by the way. I think he... I think they just made the idea that they used the same engine, not the No, whole. he said this is the same motorcycle that he sold. 
spoiler alert, his nephew. Yeah, I thought they said engine. Like, I thought it was... No, it says the same motorcycle. Which, hey, uh, motorcycle's more tougher than a person, apparently. Well, I mean, he's an engineer. He could rebuild it. Yeah. But, yeah, the traps in this one felt way too elaborate for it to have been before the first movie. He's like, man, I made a lot of good traps. What should I do for my next one? I know, I'm going to just handcuff my uh, my shitty doctor to a pipe in a bathroom. It's not all about, you know, the aesthetic either. I mean, that was probably one of his greatest ones. It was, what, uh, the bathroom? Yeah. It's a simple idea. Like, a lot of them, a lot of the best ones were the simpler ones. Well, I'm like, yeah, I think that's why I saw such a classic. The movie, for no reason, was called Saul because they have a choice. Stay and die or cut your foot off and leave. And then it wasn't until actually seeing the movie that it's a lot more than that, but... Yeah. I think I I just hold that first one up to just... It was good. Perfect. There's nothing I would can change about the movie. And then it just turned into this horror franchise of Kill, Kill, Kill... This one was a lot more heavy on actual story-wise. I wouldn't say kill, kill, kill. It's just they found it, something that made money off it. And now, I understand there's the business side of it. But yeah, I think the sequels before, they knew going in, we're going to have the audience. This one, they went in going, how can we gain back an audience? And I think that's what they need to do for future movies is to think a little more on them. Again, they need to... Maybe he dug a different grave and they just put his tombstone on it. I mean, they could have done just something like as a public kind of thing where they, like, it could have been empty to begin with and maybe it was a private... I don't know. Or a shot of him putting some uh, some grass on top of a dug grave. But, you can buy the, the sheets of grass. Yeah, but I mean, so, so it's not too maybe. far-fetched. But at the same time, they 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 should have shown him showing up to the grave and be like, "This don't look right." Yeah. But then again, that wouldn't have been entertaining for us. So yeah, thanks for staying after. Great episode. Actually, now we got to go back and record the rest of the episode. Welcome back to I'm Being Frank, and are you mocking me over there? A little bit. A little bit? <laughs> Just a little bit. Why? Uh, I don't know. Gotta get the energy going for the episode. Yeah. You know, do a line of coke, whatever it you takes. Gotta amp it up. Amp it up. Get Drink some more Baja Blast Mountain Dew. Where's my drink? <laughs> no. Where is your drink? I don't know. Did you not bring it in? I thought I did. Do you need it? Um, I'll be alright, I guess. Oh, there it is, behind the computer. You put your drink behind my computer! I've done that every episode. Son of a bitch. Yeah, now you're sitting on the couch and I'm over here. Is this your casting couch? A little bit. Uh, (laughs) It's not leather. It's not black leather, so we're good there. This episode just, got off the rails. Just gleans right off. 